Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Fitzy. If you believe the Boston Celtics entering the 2023-24 season were in need of a roster shakeup and chemistry makeover, you may have gotten your wish. If you're not exactly the biggest fan of hustlers, loudmouths, and shall we say tryhards, you may be happy with how things are going. If you don't like when players who leave it all on the floor and give as much as they can with their body as they can their attitude, energy, and effort. If guys like that getting moved off your team are not exactly what you believe are the keys to success, then chances are you didn't like the trade the Celtics pulled off a couple of weeks ago, and you probably didn't like the trade they pulled off on Wednesday evening as well. Good morning and welcome to your Thursday. This is Breaking Boston, July 6, 2023. Nick Fitzy Stevens once again piloting the ship. And the news of the day is that Grant Williams, a four-year tenured Celtic, known for his smooth corner threes as much as he is getting in the face of opponents trying to defend the bigger bodies on the other team, mouthing off at his coaches, and generally just being a larger-than-life personality who the media loved and was rather polarizing with the fans. He has been moved via a sign-and-trade to the Dallas Mavericks, one of the rumored destinations, has come to fruition. Grant Williams will move on on a four-year, $53 million deal. The full terms of the deal are as such two second-rounders going to the San Antonio Spurs. Somehow they got involved in the deal. Two second-rounders going back to the Celtics, and Grant Williams goes to Dallas. There are a couple of other small, inconsequential players involved in the deal as well. Uh, The news was not exactly a complete surprise. Uh, However, when you read this, uh, this is one of the first elements that makes it make a lot more sense on the Celtics end, even though you may not necessarily appreciate this particular angle. This from at Yossi Goslin, a contributor to Hoops Hype, and he's an NBA salary cap guy. The framework for Grant Williams could start him at around 12.6 million. This would leave the Mavericks around $8 million or so uh, to play with, blah, 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 blah. Uh, But the major major point of the deal is uh, that this also would allow for the this also would allow for uh the Celtics to avoid and here we go no one wanted to hear it i told you it's one of the most obnoxious phrasings i uh, hear it is the Celtics will generate a trade exception worth 50% of Grant Williams first year salary so it could be in the 6.3 million dollar range okay so they'll have one of those tpes to deal with in case they need to make a midseason acquisition If they re-sign Williams to this deal, if the Celtics had, it would have raised their luxury tax penalty this season by just over $40 million. $40 million. 
So that's that kind of tells you right there alone that if this is what Grant Williams was looking for on his second deal in the NBA and the Celtics thought he was worth keeping around, if the Celtics thought he was a a if there was going to be a role for Grant uh, similar to the role that he's had over the last four years, then it would have basically cost them uh, about actually more than they're going to pay Kristaps Porzingis this season. So right there and then alone, that likely would have told you they weren't going to be holding on to Grant Williams this season. Now, if you're a Grant Williams fan, like it seems a lot of people, and again, with these players like Marcus Smart and with Grant Williams, there's going to be huge fans of their effort. Obviously, there were many more fans of Marcus Smart because he was around nine years. He was a pillar in the community. He was Mr. Celtic. He was Mr. Energy, Mr. Effort, always leaving it on the floor. But also Grant Williams. He was a hustler, good defender as well, never afraid to try to body up and take on the biggest guy on the other team, like a Joel Embiid, like uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like that's one of the ways the Celtics used him. And the funny thing is, he's coming off of what some may say was technically his best season with the Celtics, and some would say it was maybe uh, the biggest letdown or the most frustrating. Maybe some people thought he would have made a huge leap after his big postseason leading up to the Celtics going all the way to the NBA Finals and losing in six under coach Ime Odoka, who Grant Williams uh, responded to, but also kind of clashed with at times. And then ultimately had some issues with Joe Mazzulla last year. He did take a leap statistically last season was his best season uh, with the Celtics as well. I know his points per game, his minutes, uh, rebounds, everything was up last season. However, he did have that weird period where all of a sudden, you know, shortly following the infamous Cleveland game, I'm going to make them both, remember? This is the two free throws at the end of the game. It caused the Celtics a chance to get the dub. They lose in overtime. That was when they lost on a Friday to... The Nets with a 28-point lead. They blew a 14-point lead on a Sunday night to the Knicks, and then they go and they blow a 14-point lead on a Monday night in Cleveland. Not my favorite stretch by any means. Probably the roughest stretch of the regular season for last year's Celtics. Shortly following that, Grant Williams found himself basically falling out of favor with Coach Joe Mazzulla and actually registered a couple of coaches' decision DNPs. This, as we were to come to learn later, was discussed with, in a private conversation with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Joe Missoula. They were wondering why Missoula was now suddenly taking out one of their bench guys, one of their rotation guys who could sometimes add some offense. Definitely was down to play some defense. What a, you know, a, a, an eight-man rotation guy. Uh, and he could play forward. He could sub in at center if he needed him to. You would never, never have said that Grant Williams didn't seem to always give maximum effort when he was on the court. So there was this meeting between Tatum and Brown and Missoula, as we learned in that piece from Jay King in The Athletic a few weeks ago, that basically they went and said to Missoula, like, why aren't we playing Grant now? Why is he all of a sudden out of the rotation? What's going on? We're going to need him come postseason time. And eventually he did get back on the court in the regular season. But then postseason came. And remember, like in game one against the Heat, he was nowhere to be found. Peyton Pritchard suddenly got a bunch of random minutes as well. He didn't play very much earlier in the playoffs as well. And then comes game two. And this is unfortunate that this is what Grant Williams will likely be remembered most for. Or at least this is the this is this will allow for some recency bias with Celtics fans, people in the media and beyond. 
Grant Williams trying to pump the team up as they lost game one of the Eastern Conference Finals to the Heat. They were flagging a little bit in game two. He hit a couple of big shots. And Jimmy Butler, obviously the face of the Miami Heat and their spark plug and uh, undoubted leader. Grant Williams kind of chirped at him a little bit, got in his face and tried to, you know, basically be the guy that was going to let him know that he couldn't come in and run the show. Next thing you know, four out of the next five shots that Jimmy Butler takes, they all go in against Grant Williams. Uh, They all go in. He was five or six against him when he was the isolating defender one-on-one. Celtics fans were super frustrated. I particularly wasn't that frustrated because I liked Grant Williams. I don't, sometimes the antics could be a bit much, sure. But at the same time, at least he tried. I don't know exactly what his role was going to be on the team going forward. I think that was going to be a little bit of an issue, and that may be why they were willing to move on. Perhaps the acquisition of Kristaps Porzingis was basically, if you will, the death knell for Grant Williams' role on the team going forward, that they might be able to use Porzingis more, once again, <clears throat> if and when healthy, uh, and then having a, a big body forward come off the bench and play a little defense, try to add some offense. Porzingis, once again, when he's able to be on the court and his availability is not in question, he basically means they, they're going to pay him enough money and they'll be able to use him enough that they wouldn't need a Grant Williams. Um, so some other, but here's, on the Celtics acquisition side, yes, um, Like a guy, Keith Smith says, losing Grant Williams for a couple of seconds is rough for the Celtics. He's a really good player and was a big part of some very good teams. He won't easily be replaced. I agree with that. One of the main questions I see from a lot of different Celtics fans and writers around the country is, what is the story with Brad Stevens and wanting to constantly just stockpile second round picks? Remember how we used to always joke about uh, Danny Ainge and his like his love of just like oh, like had to win every deal and Danny Ainge always wanted all the first round picks and even though he used some on guys like Jalen Brown and stole him in that draft and then next year he makes the trade with Philadelphia making them think duping them into thinking he wanted Markel Fultz so they go and get him and then he goes two spots back and with the third pick picks up some extra draft equity gets Jason Tatum, and basically now the franchise is reset. And, of course, there were all those first-rounders that he got in the ultimate trade when Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce valiantly allowed themselves to be traded away to Brooklyn. Um, Mikhail Prokhorov just paying out the wazoo to get some stars to make a playoff run that was for naught with the Nets, and that basically was the restart of the franchise following the end of the big three that won a championship 15 years ago. So now it seems like Brad Stevens is just absolutely in love with these second round picks. And I've been trying to figure out, okay, so if you're going to move on from a guy like Grant Williams, who certainly had his, certainly had his value on the team and certainly could do, could do a lot of different things for you as well. You're not going to be able, you're not going to get a player back. Who's going to make any immediate impact. Okay. I mean, we, we know right now, or at least we assume the rotation is going to be Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Porzingis, and Time Lord. How the bench goes, we're not entirely sure just yet. Is Malcolm Brogdon a part of the equation? Are they going to hold on to Peyton Pritchard? Now you got some of the new guys that they signed as well, like O'Shea Brissett and uh, the other guard they signed the other day, six foot nine point guard who played two years in Toronto, uh, Danton. uh, I forget his last name. I apologize. They're going to be looking to try to figure out a way to maybe get him into the rotation as well. But 
you know, Grant Williams was a very versatile bench piece. And now you've got all these second round picks. You got two for him and you got a couple of first rounders you picked up from Marcus Smart as well. Celtics are likely going to be a very good team for years to come with the talent they have alone just in the face of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. These picks aren't really going to be that valuable, are they? Potentially, some have said that in the face of the new collective bargaining agreement, that maybe because of this whole, here we go again, second apron that now a lot of second round picks may just become valuable pick swaps and trade commodities if and when trades are made for larger players or in the middle of in the middle of the season. Or you may be thinking what a lot of fans have been thinking, wondering, hoping and praying for, even if the Celtics weren't willing to go well into that Again, second apron and pay $40 million in luxury taxes to hold on to Grant Williams on a modest deal like his four-year $53 million deal he just got for the Mavericks. Could all of this be leading towards the Celtics maybe making the bigger deal, the deal, the one everyone is thinking about, the one that everyone keeps pie in the skying over? That's right, the Damian Lillard deal. Now, there was word yesterday um, I believe I saw it on Celtics forum per team sources, Damian Lillard would accept a trade now to the Boston Celtics. He would play for the Celtics if he's moved from Portland. So now that narrative that we heard about on a podcast a few weeks ago that Damian Lillard wouldn't play for the Celtics, that has been allegedly or rumored to be debunked. Um, moving on from Grant Williams without having an immediate definite replacement, you could def- you could replace him to a certain degree. Uh, maybe you could just basically say now that Porzingis is starting and bringing more defense and more offense to the starting rotation, plus now allowing Al Horford to play reserve minutes uh, off the bench, not taxing Al as much. Maybe Al now goes to, uh, you know, 18 minutes a night, something like that, 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes some nights. You want to try to keep his minutes below, let's say, 1,600 or even 1,500. Last season, they went well above that. Unfortunately, and you saw what happened when the Celtics got all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. By the time they played the Heat, Horford was gassed and just did not have anything resembling uh, what he was, what what you would come to know uh, every day, Al, to be able to offer. So, is there another bench guy that they could potentially be pursuing, or are they going to go for it? And are they looking to just stockpile as many assets as possible, all the second round picks, a bunch of first round picks, and maybe potentially a couple of players? A guy like Grant Williams, you would have maybe thought could have potentially been in that trade for Lillard just in case, or maybe not. I don't know if they have enough now to be able to offer, and you would hate to think that maybe, you know, even though I know he flex time Lord, time off Lord because he gets injured and never plays a full season himself, I can't imagine that a trade centered around Brogdon and time Lord and all those picks would be what gets the job done for the Celtics. Um, It's... It's a weird situation. Just lots of second round, not a first rounder, not not anyone who can contribute to the team. Grant Williams had a definite role on the team. And then in the end, they don't get much back for him. Just more of these picks that we don't know what they're going to do with. Um, This is interesting. I saw this from Sean Grandy, of course, your radio play-by-play voice of the Boston Celtics. Your longest tenured remaining Celtics now are Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Rob Williams, and Peyton Pritchard. That's these are these are your vets. So once again, now with a guy like Grant Williams being moved on from, we talked about the on court values and we talked a little bit about the intangibles as well. 
But back at the beginning, when I said, if you thought maybe getting some of the loudest voices on the court and in the locker room off this team, so as to allow the Jays and the Zinger uh, KP eight, as I guess we'll now have to know them to have their voices heard, have this be their team. You're not going to have to worry about Marcus smart taking over the locker room and being the loudest voice and being the dominant fixture on the sideline, even sometimes in the coach's chair. You're not going to have to worry about Grant Williams doing the Batman, yelling at people, frustrating people. Obviously, Jalen Brown seemed to be very frustrated with Grant Williams' antics. Some folks liked it. He didn't seem to obviously like it in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's gone. So if you were a fan of removing those voices and that kind of chemistry shakeup in terms of the emotions, the voices, the intangibles, They've moved on from those guys, and this is now clearly, clearly a team where Jalen and Jason are going to have to step up. Not only their on-court play, and hopefully Porzingis helps them do that as well, since he could potentially be such a scoring threat on a nightly basis, but also on the bench, their voice in the locker room, their voice in the huddle, their leadership on their great guys off the court, but their leadership on the court now will have to step up as well. And as far as and as far as what Grant Williams did, a little bit of Porzingis, maybe a, a splash of old man Al, and we'll see where else it may come from as well. But Grant Williams dealt away to the Dallas Mavericks. He'll now have probably many more minutes, a much clearer role. And you have to wonder if Brad Stevens and Joe Mazzulla were so unhappy with him to a degree. They said, you know what, Grant, we're going to give you more playing time. Problem is, it's going to come with Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie Irving down in Dallas. We'll see. Uh, I, I for one, appreciated Grant Williams just because one of my biggest things, I know Andy Hart, who's often on here with me, says it's all about energy, effort, and attitude. Uh, as people said, good guy off the court. I believe it was, uh, let's see, who was it who said this? Uh, Jay King. I'll leave you with this. Um, the author of that piece in The Athletic as well. The real losers this summer, Celtics writers. Marcus Smart and Grant Williams were great to us, generous with their time, helpful whether we were writing about them or a teammate, and just really good dudes. So you have to wonder exactly how that'll factor into the mix as well, how they're going to make up for that. I mean, there seem to be some uh, other really good guys on the team as well, but Grant Williams, liked by the media, good guy in the community, lots of personality. Marcus Smart, the same and then some. So two big losses in that regard. Is there enough talent on the court to make up for their losses? And then some likely so, but that's why they play the games. Fare thee well, Grant Williams. Good luck with the Mavs and good luck with Kyrie. We'll be back tomorrow with the latest and greatest Boston sports stories that are moving the needle to help start your day each and every day. It's like a portable sports radio show on your phone, a hot cup of Boston sports to get the day started for you the Boston sports super fan right here on breaking Boston rate review, subscribe and share. If you get a chance, throw me a follow at Fitzy GFY. We will talk to you tomorrow. And Hey, you've been granted a chance to go play for the Mavericks. We'll see you Williams.